Thursday morning, it's JM in the AM tonight, the season premiere of Spin Class with Michael Fragan. I don't know of a better political analyst than Michael Fragan, and uh, it seems that everybody, everybody in the world of politics, government, press, everybody wants to know what he has to say every single Thursday night at 6 p.m. You could hear the show uh, tonight on the Nahum Siegel Network, jmnam.org. We call it Spin Class. Michael Fragan, welcome back to JM in the AM. It's great to be back, Nahum. Good morning. Uh, it's been a while since we've spoken, probably months. So I have a, I have a all these months later segment that I want to do with you. You ready? Oh, wow. Hopefully my memory will, uh, I've had my coffee, so we should be okay. All right. Thank God. All these months later, do you have any more confidence that Chris Christie could get the Republican nomination? No. All these months later, is there any difference in Mayor de Blasio's relationship with the New York Jewish community than it was months ago? No. All these months later, have you figured out why Andrew Cuomo is not really campaigning in the gubernatorial election? Yes. What's the reason? Oh, I thought it was just a lightning round. <laughs> oh, so I have to actually explain these. Uh, He's not campaigning because he doesn't have to. And I think that uh, he is a very smart practitioner of politics, and he is a very, he has a very smart people, has very smart people around him. And they basically determined that um, there really isn't a lot that, that needs to be done on his part in order to get reelected. And uh, kind of exposing himself to the rough and tumble of, of the political scene and engaging with lesser-known opponents only helps them and doesn't benefit him at all. But isn't it an unusual strategy, even when you find candidates who really want to pound the, oppon- the opponent? Well, let's assume, let me put it this way. Let's assume that that's his goal, that he'd like to win by as much as possible. You usually see candidates in situations like that really get out there and aggressively campaign. You do. Uh... However, in the case where the polling is so lopsided and the opponents are relatively unknown, we have a strange or an increasingly stranger political situation in in New York State. New York is becoming increasingly uh, one party, right. and where much of the action is is more, is concentrated. In a single municipality, which is New York City, right. uh, which dominates so much of of the of the vote statewide, that statewide, you know, some statewide candidates are don't feel the need to do very much of anything. In fact, I would actually the stranger political story is not the fact that Andrew Cuomo isn't campaigning; it's that somebody like Eric Schneiderman is not campaigning. Mm. Eric Schneiderman, a statewide official for four years, right. uh, is is known. I think he polls in the in the low twenties upstate, meaning that any place north of the Tappan Zee, right. he rarely leaves New York City, and he his and and I think he's relying basically on that for to to gain reelection because of the New York City vote. Andrew Cuomo can't actually doesn't campaign per se, but. As governor, he travels the state. He spends a lot of time in western New York. Right. He spends a lot of time in the North Country, the Adirondack area. You know, when he goes anywhere in the state, it gets coverage. 
Yeah, and true. he, so, you know, not campaigning per se, I meaning he's not debating, because you don't debate when you're to give your opponent any type of, uh, uh, you know, for them to be able to fill that stature gap. But uh, he certainly is making his presence known. People know who Andrew Cuomo is up and down the state and, and all around. But as New York becomes more and more one party and becomes bluer and bluer, it's less necessary for uh, some of these, for Democrats to really engage the electorate. It's unfortunate, uh, but in the end, uh, you, you have to win the election and then, you know, then you deal with the consequences afterward. You'd rather be, you'd rather win and then have to explain it afterward than lose and say, well, you know, we, we ran a very smart and, you know, uh, uh, I wonder when he throws his hat into the ring for president, if certain handlers and analysts will say to him, you know, we don't know if you're a decent campaigner or not. You know, we have no idea if you can get out there and energize the people. Well, I almost feel like I'm uh, speaking on behalf of uh, Andrew Cuomo here, but I think (laughs) as far as that question is concerned, Andrew Cuomo has proven himself in the past. Uh, He's run campaigns, run in campaigns. Uh, some have been successful. Uh, actually, most have been successful. One has been spectacularly unsuccessful, like when he ran for governor in 2002. Right. That was incredibly unsuccessful. And if you recall, he actually pulled out of the Democratic primary prior to uh, primary day. So, he, so that was a very uh, poor campaign. And he learned his lesson when he ran for attorney general in 2000. Uh, 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 in, later in 2006, um, ran a very, very smart campaign against a, uh, you know, a, a crowded field against Mark Green and some other very well-known uh, politicos. And since then, he has really uh, done a very, uh, I think, very astute job of, of, of political management. And, uh, you know, he's done that very effectively. I mean, look at the genius of his Israel trip. Okay, he has the first kind of, I'd say, crisis of his of his governorship. Okay, meaning that the Moreland Commission comes right. out and the New York Times basically points the finger at him and says, you know, you you promised to clean up Albany, but you're part of the problem, not part of the solution, and that kind of thing. You know, it, it's I the public unfortunately doesn't care about public corruption as much as they should, but certainly it's not something that have the New York Times screaming from the rooftops that you're a bad guy. So what does he do? He takes his first foreign trip to Israel. Not only that, he brings the bipartisan leadership of the legislature with him. <laughs> and at a time, really, and, and you know, we might say, oh, New York governor goes to Israel. You know, that's a, you know, not dog bites man story. Not really much, no, not really much news here. But really, I think, you know, sitting here and, and most of our listenership out there really feels, you know, Israel really needs that. Uh-huh. And that was a great thing. And I would say that Republicans and Democrats alike should praise him for having done that. Right. And it, it's uh, and he changed the story. Uh, that That's really, you know, his, the whole answering questions about the Moreland mess and the Moreland Commission, and I'm sure plenty of people out there don't know exactly what the Moreland Commission is. We'll talk about it later uh, this evening on the show. But uh, but Andrew Cuomo managed to change that, and that's, in my mind, that's political genius. And he's doing the smart things necessary to make sure that he secures re-election. Timing is everything, huh? Michael Fragan with us live via telephone. So what's it like that uh, so many people, especially in the world of government, politics, press, 
are all anxious to hear what you have to say every single Thursday night. Well, look, it's better than the attention that I get at home, so <laughs> uh, I, I have to say it's definitely a step up. Uh, there's no quite, there's no, it's fun to talk about politics. I mean, nothing, we both engaged in it uh, very, uh, uh, with you know, a lot of banter, a lot of serious talk over time, and there's no question, as, as you like to say, and I think it's a great line, politics is a great spectator sport. Yeah. And uh, there's no question, there's so much going on. Uh, I should remind the audience out there that Tuesday, September 9th, which is this Tuesday, is primary day in New York State. And there actually are primaries going on. Uh, we're probably where you live. There's a statewide primary if you're a Democrat, which is, uh, which is the gubernatorial primary, and the lieutenant governor primary, which is actually an important one this year. So uh, there's a lot going on. There's always something. And now we're getting upon the, the midterm election, which uh, control of the United States Senate is at stake. Uh, in theory, control of the House is at stake, but most people don't think the House is going to have any type of changes. Right. But control of the United States Senate is at stake, and that takes us then straight into presidential politics for 2016. I know we're sitting here you know, we just finished uh, the lazy August of 2014. We already got to look ahead two years for the presidency. Now, I, this is not a loaded question. I really don't know who you've been working with this summer, and I really don't know, um, uh, you know, if there are any races specifically that this audience would pay even, you know, more attention to. Is is there a race for this Tuesday or any time in September uh, in, you know, noticeably Jewish areas that might be of interest to this audience? Whether you, And again, if you want to mention, if you are working with someone, you could say, you know, who it is so that everyone realizes, you know, what side you're on. But uh, but is there anything of interest? Well, there's nothing, there's nothing I'm engaged in right now that has a primary. So uh, so we're, sa- we're safe for that. Okay. However, there are races certainly of interest, uh, mostly if you're a registered Democrat, which many... Jews in New York City are right. registered Democrats, and you have some very uh, significant races. For those of you living in Riverdale, there's a very um, interesting primary. I'm not sure how competitive it'll be in the end, but uh, Senator Jeff Klein is being challenged by former city councilman, former assemblyman, former attorney general Oliver Capel, mm-hmm. uh, who who actually hails from Riverdale, right. uh, lives in the Fieldston area, and that's a that's a primary. It may or may not be competitive. It's kind of unsure because they don't necessarily, you know, there's not a lot of polling on this. I would say Jeff Klein has, has the edge in this one. Jeff Klein is the state Senate co-majority leader. Uh, you have in, in Brooklyn, you have an interesting primary, which is a rematch of uh, sitting assemblyman Steve Simberwitz uh, taking on a Russian-American Ben Axelrod, who is, uh, who is a from Jew. And there's an interesting dynamic. Most of the community leadership is support is supporting Simberwitz, but there is a very, I, you know, and I use the leadership term kind of, uh, uh, you know, loosely. Right. You know, who is who is leader or not? I'm just giving you by the endorsement list that Simberwitz has put out there. So that's another interesting one if you live in Brooklyn in the 45th Assembly District. And uh, of course, as I said, there's the statewide uh, primaries now. Nobody expects that Andrew Cuomo was going to lose. This primary, but there is this chatter that potentially his running mate, Kathy Hochul, a former congresswoman from upstate New York, from uh, Buff- from Buffalo, uh, that she actually might lose as lieutenant governor because nobody really around the state really knows who she is. She has been campaigning very heavily in the Jewish community, particularly in the Hasidic community, all around uh, trying to get the Orthodox vote. I think you know Cuomo Hochul is kind of viewed as a moderate. 
democratic wing as opposed to the more liberal, more progressive, or more radical uh, democratic wing represented by the challengers Tim Wu and Zephyr Kichow. And, and there's been a big appeal to the Orthodox Jewish community to go ahead and uh, come out in a democratic primary that they probably are not so engaged in uh, to support the more moderate uh, Andrew Cuomo wing of the party. So you see fractious uh, politics going on within parties as well. Very interesting. All right, I know we have you behind schedule now. We'll let you go. Anything you want to mention about tonight's lineup? Anybody specific you want to let us know about? Well, truthfully, is we're gonna. I'm gonna be talking a lot on my own, just recapping uh, things. We're gonna handicap all the state, all the. I'm sorry, all the U.S. Senate races because the U.S. Senate is is particularly interesting. There was a time uh, a couple months ago that it was slam dunk for Republicans that they were gonna take the Senate because of the the red state nature of of, of so many Democratic senators who were gonna have to defend uh, Obama. And uh, that's not exactly how it's turned out. A lot of the incumbent senators, particularly Democrats, have really held their own in the polling. Uh, and it seems that they, that there is, a, it's, I wouldn't say 50-50, but it's certainly not a slam dunk that the, that the Senate will change hands. And uh, for, for all of us out there, that has a very significant, uh, very significant uh, meaning or effect on, on the politics. If the Senate were to turn to become Republican, uh, the last two years of the Obama administration, I, I'd say, will be quite nightmarish uh, for the president. And I think that you know we, we'd, we'd see nothing compared to the current gridlock. We'd see a lot, we'd see a lot more of that. On the other hand, I could say at the same time that maybe Obama would be forced to deal with it. He would not have any allies in the Senate um, to go ahead to you know to use as a crutch, and because he might be blamed a little bit more for inaction and not be able to necessarily just blame it on the Congress, more might get done. I don't know, but there's a lot at stake here uh, for the country. There's a lot at stake for every single person out there listening, uh, except, if, I guess, if you're overseas. <laughs> Very good. Fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Michael Fragan tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on our stream at jmdm.org. Make sure to be tuned in. Michael, good luck, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Malcolm. Have a great day. There he is, Michael Fragan. Uh, the man appreciates a good spectator sport, in this case, the world of politics. Tune in, folks. There's always something interesting. And like I say, everybody, in the especially locally, New York City, New York State, Long Island, Rockland County, especially locally, someone is always paying careful attention to what he says or who he's speaking to on the program, 6 p.m. every Thursday night. JM in the AM.org. Very proud of the work Michael Fragan is doing. Eight minutes before eight o'clock, it's JM in the AM. <laughs>